Will we ever be the followers of Christ we want to be? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, this one is going to be a personal conversation from us because I think we both can relate to this. We are nowhere near the believers we want to be. Nope. We want to be followers of Christ who uh, love Him, live for Him more fully. We're far from it. Mm-hmm. And so will we ever get to the point where we can say, all right, we're finally where we want to be and feel like we need to be. You know, I think we've got to say the answer is going to be no. There, we're never going to attain what we would think of as, you know, our ideal or perfection or anything like that in our walk with Christ. Not until we meet him. Yeah, that's that caveat I was waiting for. Is again, we got to get our our caveats mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah, that I think is the key. I agree completely. I don't believe we ever will until Christ returns, or we die and are with Him, and we finally are free of our fallen bodies, our fallen minds, our fallen hearts. Um, I remember before we get into it and again. This doctrine we're talking about is called sanctification. We're going to talk about the doctrine in a minute. But before we do, just because it's kind of an interesting follow-up to what we're talking about here, I remember visiting an elderly gentleman in one of the churches that I was on staff with years ago. And uh, I think he was in his 80s, maybe even 90s at the time. And we were just having a conversation with him. And one of the things he said just stuck out to me, So even in that moment and sense, of course, he was talking about how as the older he got, the longer he'd walked with Christ, the more aware of his sin he has become. And he looked at himself as a greater sinner then, as an 80, 90-year-old man than when he was a teenager. Not necessarily because he was sinning more, but because his process of sanctification and ours as well, you're made more aware of sin as well. And so it's this counterintuitive. You would think this 80 or 90-year-old saint, senior saint, would, would be saying, yeah, I'm so much better than I was before. And, and counterintuitively, there's this awareness of, man, it seems like I have farther to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, that is a, a, very, a very natural way to see it because... I mean, that's certainly the the way that we see it in see it in in Scripture with a pretty key person, um, Paul himself, and and we'll get yeah. into that a little bit as we go. But uh, but you know, we see him go from this this progression of referring to himself as the least of the apostles um, to to ultimately the foremost of sinners, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and and that's that thing. It's like as you get older, often you see how far away you are from where you want to be. But. Because when I think when we're younger in our faith, we focus on the bigger yeah. things, the major sins. But then as we get older, we, we realize, or we mature in the faith, we realize the small things matter too. Yeah. And so what we've ignored before, and then it starts to bother us more because of this process of sanctification we're really talking about. So yeah. 
Let's go ahead and, and go ahead and read this doctrine, and then, and then we'll spend some more time talking about it. All right. It. So this is sanctification. After we are justified by faith, declared to be in right standing with God through the righteousness of Christ, we undergo a lifetime of what's called sanctification, where we are continually made to be more like Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit. Scripture speaks of sanctification as a present position, so we have already been sanctified and as a continuing process. Sanctification affects the the whole of a person, transforming one's heart, mind, and character to reflect that of Jesus. So, we've talked about this a lot already, even just in introducing this doctrine, but if we were to summarize this, uh, sanctification is God's work in us to make us more like Christ in how we live. All right, so good definition there, good summary. Let's look at a few places we see this in Scripture and then talk about any warnings or or notes we want to kind of share about this. We have a few places in Scripture, Mm -hmm. of, of many more, um, I'll, I'll just read the first couple, and you can read the last couple because the last one is the longest. And I know you like to read scripture more than I do because you're more sanctified than I am. Oh, I wasn't so John say seventeen. Uh, I'll say it. John seventeen seventeen is one where Jesus. This is in his high priestly prayer. It's also often known as. Uh, this is the night he was betrayed. He's praying with the disciples. Uh, this is before he goes out to, to the garden. Uh, but he he says this in a prayer to the Father. He says, "Sanctify them, his his followers." By the truth, your word is truth. So we see this this idea that Jesus is praying that we're changed, that we're we're made to be more like Him. And here He specifies how it happens through the Word of God, through through truth. Second Thessalonians two thirteen is a passage that speaks more to the present position. You mentioned at the end of of that definition that sanctification has an already and not yet aspect to it. We have already been sanctified in one sense, and we are continuing to be sanctified in another. Second Thessalonians 2.13 is that already. It says, but we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. So here we see sanctification attached to salvation, that, pro, that, that point action of salvation that we are sanctified, and we're going to talk about in a minute, the word sanctification comes from the same word that means holiness, so set apart. So here, that's what that is in mind. We are set apart from the world at the moment of our salvation. Yeah. I just blanked. (laughs) We're doing a podcast. I know. You're Aaron. I'm Brian. We're on First Thessalonians four three. Oh good. Oh good. Did you just finish that one? Doing the. No, I just okay, did good. the one before. Good. good. Thank you. See, <sighs> so I left sexual immorality for you, and I left the long Galatians for I you. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So continuing in First Thessalonians, I all. Do you find it hard to say Thessalonians? Yeah, it's one of many words I struggle yes. with. I mean, besides, hi, Brian. <laughs> exactly. Hungry. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> All right, let's start that over again. 
All right. So sticking in Thessalonians for a minute, uh, we we also see sanctification play out in uh, verse uh, chapter four, verse three, which says, "For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep." away from sexual immorality and so this is a this is a really contentious issue in our day and um, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, at another point but I mean we do have to recognize that sanctification plays a part of every aspect of our lives so in a, a, a really simple way to say it is God is the God of your bedroom just as much as he's the God of your of your checkbook and the the God of your workstation (laughs) <laughs> now you're just messing with people. I do like to do that. So, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, we also see in, um, this is that big long passage that you promised for me. So thank you. Um, which is Galatians five sixteen through 26. So there he says, I say, then walk by the spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh these are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality moral impurity promiscuity idolatry sorcery hatred strife jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissensions factions envy drunkenness carousing and anything similar that also includes pretty much everything said on twitter (laughs) i am warning you about these things as i warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control the law is not against such things now those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires and if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And so I love the way that, that Paul expresses sanctification in this passage by saying, um, walk by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, keep in step by the Spirit, and be led by the Spirit. This is, it's, it's such a practical and helpful word picture that he, that he gives us yeah. there, and it's, it's so helpful. Um, you know, there are a number of other ones that we could talk about, too, that we haven't. I mean, you think about Philippians 2, where um, uh, where where Paul writes, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it's God who is at work within you both to will and uh, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That is uh, that is another one of those kind of hallmark passages for uh, for sanctification as well. Um, but all of these things together, I mean, you, you start to see this picture of yeah. this, this, this process that exists within the Christian life that as we, as we live day by day, as we walk by the spirit, as we keep in step with the spirit, we are going to grow in holiness. Yeah. And I think, you know, before we move on to our kind of our, 
conversation of additional cautions or areas needing understanding of this doctrine. Just to kind of think of what we see in this Galatians passage, we we often will think of sanctification as um, becoming more Christ-like in a positive way, and that's a big part of it, of course. But we think of, you know, I'm going to read my Bible more. That's sanctification, right? It's it's praying more. Um, it's giving more. And, and these things are great. They are part of it. But also part of our sanctification, as we see in Galatians, is turning from sin, which is why it goes back to our previous conversation. We we The Holy Spirit sanctifies, sanctifies us in part by convicting us of sin. They're hand in hand. So as we're convicted of sin, we should repent, turn from it, and desire to sin less, which is also part of the sanctification. So it's not doing what we shouldn't be doing, and it's doing more of what we should be doing. Both of these are aspects of sanctification. Again, I think sometimes we forget the sin part of it yes. as well. Yes, definitely. So, okay, so let's talk about some other cautions. Uh, one, I, I mentioned this before, just not a really caution, but just a, a different way to understand this. To sanctify means to make holy or to be set apart. Again, it comes from the same word that we get holiness from. Um, I grew up in the Christian context. I grew up going to church, unlike you, Aaron, so I'm familiar with um, the sanctuary in churches. Uh, Many churches still have those, of course. They still call them that, but not all. Sometimes we call them worship centers or uh, different terms. But sanctuaries, when I was a kid especially, they, they were reserved. They were set apart for just that worship. And so you did not do other things. You would never eat in the sanctuary, for example, because it's set apart for that purpose of worship. You wouldn't, you know, as teenagers, we couldn't go in there and play. Mm. And, you know, in a lock-in or whatever, you know, you, you had free run of the building, except for the sanctuary, because it was set apart for worship. So that, I think, helps, especially people in, in my background where we grew up in a church context and we remember sanctuaries like that. It helps make sense of the word. So sanctify, to set apart, to be unique, to be special. Yeah. I think something else that we have to remember, and this is something that, the, that really all the passages that we, that we walked through very quickly previously— point us toward is that sanctification isn't just a process, but it's a long process. Mm -hmm. It's a process that is as long as we are alive. And so that means realistically that there are going to be, there are going to be highs and lows. There are going to be setbacks. It's not like a great mixtape where it's all rise, (laughs) you know, um, you know, it's gonna, you're going to go down a couple of notches and you are going to, you're going to see, you're going to mess up all along the way. You're showing your age. It's not a mixtape anymore. It's a Spotify playlist. Well, we don't, well, you know, I wasn't going to say it, but (laughs) man, I loved making mixtapes, by the way. It was so much fun. Um, Oh, back in the day. That's how you tell. So did you ever try to record it? That's how you tell a girl how you feel. Did you ever try to record the songs off the radio? Oh, I totally did. Yeah. Totally did. And so I remember listening to Casey Kasem's Countdown. And you, you would anticipate when, you know, so when's that song I really want to, and then you would wait. The, 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 I'm sure what we were doing was breaking some law. I'm I think pretty, we're confessing I'm sin right now. I'm pretty sure that we were pirate, technically pirating music by doing that. Yeah. But, uh, well, sorry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I no longer do that. No, don't do that anymore because I don't listen to the radio. But uh, no, I, don't I, I do listen to playlists. Now, I will now, 
so think about think about this if we're thinking about you know there being highs and lows there's periods of growth there are um some of those are going to be very very fast and many are going to be imperceptibly slow so slow that you can't see how far you've come until you look back 10 15 20 50 years to see what it's like if that's how long the lord gives you <laughs> and so um so but there is a point it's that it's it's really that the trend is 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 forward progression yeah you know the and so each person is going to but that also means that for each person it's going to be a little bit different not everyone is going to grow at the same pace. Not everyone is going to grow in the same ways at the same time. Um, the, you know, the educational term for it, if I remember correctly, is um, asynchronous development. Um, and so, um, so you see this with a lot of ki- with with kids, where there are some things that they learn very very quickly and they yep. understand really well, um, and then there are other things where it's like, oh wait, you're still four. And you see this a lot. You see this so often with 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 your preschoolers, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, and it's what we see in our in our lives. You're absolutely right. There's some areas that, man, I still struggle with. It just I'm slower to be sanctified in an area, and there are other areas I'm faster in. Um, and your pace is different from mine. And and we're going to talk about it in a minute that that should inform how we treat one another and view one another, without a doubt. Um, another thing, just, this is kind of the question we let off with. We've kind of answered it before, but just to say it again, we really will not experience the end of sanctification or the fulfillment of it until we die or Christ returns. Um, we're never going to stop sinning as long as we draw breath before Christ returns and changes us or we die and we are changed. We were never, we will never fully obey, um, we will never love as fully as we can. So until we are changed forevermore, we are going to always grow in this process. And what you just said is so key that we look back over the long term and we should see this upward growth. But slower, the smaller time frame we look, the slower, less perceptible it might be. But when we look at the long term, we will see this, this continued growth, but we'll never get there. And so let's we strive for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think this gives us the permission to say, well, whatever, if I'm never going to be perfect, let me just, no, we strive for that. We fight for that. We, we, we want that, but we recognize it's, it's, we're never going to get there until Christ acts. Very fitting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, And even sanctification, I don't want to make this, it's not our efforts. It's, it's the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. It's still all God's work. But when Christ definitively acts, that's when sanctification will take on a different level. Yes. Yes, most definitely, most definitely. Um, you know, thinking about sanctification, the 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 phrase that I always that I that I come back to most frequently is actually um, the actually found in the title of a Eugene Peterson book. Um, you know, a long obedience in the same direction, mm. and so it is that um, you know it is that that um, often plodding orthodoxy <laughs> that um, that slow trajectory toward holiness um you know and maybe sometimes the best way to think about it is think about moses and the promised land 
Yeah. Moses didn't get to go in until, well, really after his death. Yeah. You know, transfiguration. (laughs) Right. He didn't get to enter, but he didn't get to enter in in his lifetime. He got to see it. And so there's a sense in which our lives are kind of like that, that um, as we progress, because we are never going to get quite where we want to be, but we can get close, but we get closer. And every day we get a little bit closer and the picture of it gets a little bit clearer. And so that is, um, so that, that's, and that's one of those things that keeps us moving forward. Um, you know, along with just the reality that, um, you know, throughout this, this idea of sanctification, um, one of the things that, one of the errors that we can commonly fall into is that, um, this idea of, um, you know, of basically regeneration, um, being the work of the work of the spirit and sanctification being us or justification being the work of the spirit and God's work in us and sanctification being our work. Well, like everything that we see in scripture, it's not that, it's not that simple. We see God working in us and we see us working in our sanctification. And the scriptures say that both are happening. I mean, that's the point yeah. of Philippians 2, the, the Philippians 2 passage that that I mentioned, that as we work, as we pursue godliness, God is working in us. And it's happening at the same time. And so the work that we are doing is fueled by the Spirit. And so we have to not create these simplistic divisions in these areas because if we if we say well our sanctification is entirely up to us then we're doomed we need the holy spirit's help to do this we need the holy spirit yeah. to help us grow we can't grow cuz we won't grow we won't want to grow but he is the one who instills in us this desire to become more like Jesus day by day. And he is the one who gives us the ability to do it. So that's right. All right. One more note, and then we'll move on to what differences this, this doctrine should make. And we've hit on this before, at least at the end of the doctrine you read itself, but I just want to say it again, just for clarity, sanctification is of the whole person. Often we put the focus on behavior. Uh, Again, we stop, sinning, it's a behavior. We we start reading scripture more, whatever, that's behavior. And again, those are good. It's true. It's fitting. But it's not just behavior. Sanctification also is in our heart, um, that our hearts are changed, that we love more. We love more truly. We love more fully. We love to a greater degree. Um, joy and all these other, you know, the internal changes that that God produces in us through the Holy Spirit's work is also part of sanctification. And it's critical because Jesus talks about this. Our behavior is driven by our heart. So if if we are looking at sanctification just focusing on the external, that we could be falling into moralism. Instead of sanctification, we're actually just moralism. Uh, what we want to do is, is measure and evaluate sanctification also by our heart, where that is and the growth that we've experienced there. All right, so let's talk about what differences this doctrine should make. 
Um, Aaron, what what difference do you see this doctrine making in our lives? Well, there's a couple of things. One is that this doctrine is is really a source of hope and comfort, and so it is a reminder that we, while yes, we are not the best that we will be, we are not um, we are not what we want to be. We are not those things yet, but God will grow us. God is growing us right now. One day, when we die and stand before Christ, or when he returns, the work of sanctification will be complete. And Philippians 1.6 reminds us of this when Paul writes that, he says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So God is not going to stop working in us until that day comes. We will grow every day by faith, through faith, through the Spirit's work in us. And that should also inspire in us one other thing, which is patience, Mm. both for ourselves and for others. So we need to see, we need to be patient as we all struggle with sin because we all sin. We are all works in progress. It's, it's what we talked about earlier. Everyone is working at a different, different pace and a different level. And God is doing different things in each of us as he's bringing us all to the same ultimate place. And so what we need to do here, what this is an encouragement for us really is, is to see others positively and with grace and to recognize that God is, God, we may, we may have questions about what God is doing in our lives. We may have questions about what God is doing in someone else's life. But if we are seeing the evidence of God's grace in our lives, in their lives and our own personal lives, then we can rejoice in that. Yeah, I think that's big. I, I, you know, we want to come alongside of others and encourage them and stretch them, especially in discipleship contexts. You know, we want to, to encourage them to grow. We want to push them and not let them settle where they are. But we can do that and we need to do that with, with love and grace and with patience and with kindness. And we're pushing them for their good so that they they experience a more abundant life in Christ and they are a better witness for him. We don't push them out of frustration because we expect them they should be farther than they are. So our motivation behind that real careful balance of pushing but extending grace and patience is really key. All right, everyone, thanks for talking about this uh, today. Again, this is a a conversation that is is meaningful for us because like everybody listening, this is this is the way we live, of course. And not saying the other doctrines we don't talk about are just as, as practical, but this one just is really right here in front of us every day. So thanks for, for having this conversation. Really appreciate it. I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.